Welcome to Book Bistro, where book enthusiasts come to talk about the books they love in a warm and supportive environment. Today is Friday, December 7th, 2018. I'm Shannon, and I'm here with Sarah to talk with you about steampunk. Hello, Sarah. Hello, Shannon. We are here to talk about bookish fabulousness once again. I love steampunk. Steampunk is very cool. We originally had a different plan for this episode, but Natalia was not feeling well, so Sarah and I decided to move to steampunk and just have kind of a free-flowing conversation about it, talk about some things we've read, some things that perhaps we want to read. Um, so it'll be pretty easygoing. Hopefully we will give you all some good recommendations. But before we start, I just want to say that we are sharing our top reads of 2018. Sarah's list was already posted, and by the time you're listening to this, um, there'll be another one posted. I think it's actually mine that will go up, that will be up by the time people hear this. So we're sharing one list a week until we've all shared our top reads. So if you haven't been over to our Facebook page, you should check that out. You can find us on Facebook by searching Book Bistro Podcast. You can like and or follow the page. If you want to get a hold of us for any reason, you can do that via Facebook by sending a message. Or if you would prefer, you can send an email to thebookbistropodcast at gmail.com. I think that is all the introductory stuff. I keep thinking that there's more things I should say, and yet I don't know what they would be, so I won't say them. <laughs> <laughs> so let us talk about steampunk. I was very uh, skeptical that steampunk would be a thing that I would like. Um, I, I don't know, just like the the name of this particular subgenre. I was like, no, like that just seems really odd. Didn't it remind you of like Star Trek? I was like steampunk, Star Trek. Like, <laughs> it just was something. I mean, not that there's anything wrong with Star Trek, but it's not really something I am into. And I, no, I've never been a fan, really. <laughs> I, it took me a long time to give it a try, and I'm trying to remember why I even started reading it. I'm wondering if the first series I read, I didn't realize it was steampunk. I think, I think that's kind of how I did it. I want to pause for a minute just to say that in case people don't know what steampunk is, it is set in Victorian times, usually, but it's like Victorian times with modern like not even like postmodern even technology and it's not even um, like modern like electricity sometimes it's like gas powered so, and steam powered and like yes like the steam shuttles that like fly around airships um, or different yes airships thank you or like um, machines they have a lot of machines that do interesting things in the books and yes like some of them are are similar things that we have now but some but of them different. are not. Yeah, it's, so it's a kind of weird, like, mashup of genres. Um, they usually have, like, some paranormal elements, um, like vampires and werewolves are often found in, in some steampunk. Um, but they're usually called something different. Um, like, in the Beck McMaster books. <gasps> we'll have to talk about those, Shannon. What are they called? Like, 
Is it lycanthrope? Are those the lycanthrope or is that a different? Yes, those are. No, those are the lycanthropes. Is that so, right? Yeah, the lycanthropes? Yes. I think that, yes. Um, and so they're often referred to by different names, but you definitely get the idea that these are vampires, um, different types of shifters. And the steampunk that I have really enjoyed also has you know, some, some romance in it. Oh, me too. So now I am guessing that there's steampunk without romance, but I'm not positive. About um, would that. you like to know why I know that there is steampunk without romance? Sure. Because I was telling my husband a couple of months ago, like, oh, I'm reading this series and it's steampunk and I just love it. And he's like, Sarah, you don't think I know what steampunk is? I was a nerd in high school and a lot of like role-playing games, <laughs> they do like steampunk element things. This is like, you know, cause I like back in the nineties and he's like, I totally know what steampunk is, Sarah. And I'm like, I know, but you probably didn't have like vampires that, that fell in love with, you know, werewolves or he's like, no, no, I know. <laughs> so I think there is a whole genre of steampunk or a whole like subset that is not romance, but that is not any steampunk that I have read or probably will ever read. But no, I haven't. I've read some young adult <laughs> steampunk. In fact, the first thing that I read, I did not, like I said, know that it was steampunk. It was the um, Cassandra Clare um, Infernal Devices Oh, she writes trilogy. steampunk? I did not know that. Is she the one that writes... Um... I feel like a Cassandra Clare book is coming out like very soon and she wrote it with someone else. Does she write like a whole young adult? Like, yes. Yes. She had one that came out the beginning of December, um, queen of air and darkness, but she also writes some stuff with Holly Black. Yes. And with a few other people, but these um, are part of her shadow hunter universe. But these, I think, are the best, the best ones. They are young adult fantasy set in this Victorian era with marvelous inventions. Um, and the love story, I thought, was so, so beautiful throughout the trilogy. Um, and it's Clockwork Angel, Clockwork Prince, mm. and Clockwork Princess. Oh. And I loved them a lot. Those are the best Cassandra Clare books and if I were to recommend like one little trilogy that she has written it would be this one the other stuff is set differently like more in modern times and I don't enjoy those nearly as much Shannon you know I don't like young adult but I might have to check those out because I have kind of blasted through all the steampunk that I know about and I don't know uh, I need some help because once I start like I just want to immerse myself in like the world of the airships, like they float with like these big balloons, but yet they have these engines yes. and I'm like, Oh gosh, they're like way up in the air. What if the balloon pops? Like there's and actually in a couple of the books I read, I think a balloon did pop and there's like uh -oh. Krakens in the sea and like, Oh my God. Like, Oh, in the Melgene Brook. Yes. Books. But I, I think just, that's where the Krakens or Krakens or whatever yeah, those are called. Uh, but they were just in another book that I read also. Oh. Not by Mel Jean Brook. I need to read Mel Jean Brook. Oh my I God. They're so good. The first one. The Iron Duke. I, yes, I have sitting here. So some people get annoyed with him because he's kind of um, 
assertive, pushy, domineering. But he had a there's a lot of world building that you learn in the first book. Like um, steampunk is very interesting because a lot of times like things are kind of like Victorian times, but they have a lot of different things. Like in the Melgene Brooks Brook books, try saying that fast. Um, <laughs> they, um, they were ruled for many years by, um, Oh God, what's it called? Not the empire. The, Oh, 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 It's not the empire, but let's say for now that that's what they're called. They're ruled by this group of people. And basically um, they were, um, they have like nano agents, like little bugs that they put in um, like flour and tea and sugar, maybe just tea and sugar and something else. So by the time um, the English people knew that um, this was happening. It was too late and this empire, but it's not called the empire had taken over, like basically um, like turned off their emotions, but every so often they would have these things called frenzies and they would like do something with these nano agents that would make people like frantic and they would, children would result, but they did not raise the children. The children were put in things called creches in a creche. And they were raised in the creche, which is like a, like a community of children. And um, so the Iron Duke was raised in a creche. And so he did not have a lot of like, like the softer feelings. They, they're, they're like put in this creche and there are creches. Like, I don't think creches is the. But there are like a lot of these creche communities around and so like you're taught a trade like a lot of them will become like blacksmiths or a lot of them will become you know other things and so um he and and a lot of times the children because of all the nano agents a lot of other things they like some of them are born with like mechanical things or like the iron duke like his bones are like all made of iron like he's very heavy Um, I guess. But it sounds really far out there, but if you read it, it totally makes sense because Mel Jean Brooke does a great job building this world. But I guess this whole story to say that um, if you read um, the Mel Jean Brooke books, the first one is the Iron Duke. It's the Iron Seas series. Give the first book a chance because at first he just kind of seems, excuse my language, like an ass. Like just, but the more you read, it's just so interesting. I really, that, I think those were my first, like, real, real, like, full-on steampunk books that I ever read. I have heard great things about her stuff from a lot of different people. So, they are things that I want to check out um, relatively soon, hopefully. It's really worth it. So, besides Cassandra Clare, um, who else have you read? So, of course, there is Beck McMaster, who is... (gasps) Oh, oh, so fabulous all yes. the time. Amazing. Yes. And I read Kiss of Steel, oh. um, I don't know, about two years ago. Have you read Heart of Iron yet? That's the I have. Oh, my God. Will. Yes. Will so is good. so, so cool. So I really enjoyed her kind of take of, like, paranormal romance with you know, vampires and werewolves, but with a totally, like, steampunk setting. Yes. Um, I felt like 
it kind of set it apart from all the stuff that we normally read, which is considered just, you know, paranormal romance. Um, I love the setting. I love the way she created like the, the ruling class and what sort of sets them apart. The blue bloods, from, right? They're called yes, the, blue the blue bloods. They are. And the interesting thing about those books is, or, yeah, is that, um, the, um, St. Giles or what they call the rookery back in the day yes. is all walled off. And that's where like all of the kind of misfit people go and the people that can't get in with the blue bloods and, Oh my God, so good. And I, the whole thing she builds up about like young women who um, donate blood for the blue bloods and they're called thralls and they have to sign thrall contracts. And did you get yes, that far? Like you, yes. Yes. I have seen the thralls. The whole thing is just so good. And I, I love, like, she'll put future couples in her books, but um, they're not, like, they're, like, on the periphery of the books. So it's not like you have to go, like, book upon book upon book of, like, them not falling in love. She just, like, introduces them so you know kind of a little more about them before the book starts. Right. Like how in Heart of Iron there was the whole setup for My Lady Quicksilver. Yes. Is that one about Perry and um Oh that is a about... No, that's about Jasper no. and Jasper and then that woman who Oh my god. Well, I don't we can't even that. give it away. We can't no. say people just have to read it. <laughs> I was gonna say and I'm like, are... no wait, I shouldn't say that. Her inventions are so interesting and like she'll talk about even like running a bath, like how they what they what they do to make the water come out hot. Yes. And, her- and I like kind of the dynamics that she has created, like between all of these people. So like the people who are living in the rookery yes. and how, like how they're protected um, and who is responsible for that and how far this person will go to like make sure that the people who are in his care remain safe. Um, I think, you know, you, you kind of, I feel like that whole like group of people kind of develops throughout the course of the series. Yes. And like, I would really like to see a Lark book. Yes. Lark um, and Charlie. Yes. Charlie. Oh, I know. Did you read all five of them? No, I've read three of them. Shannon, you um, must read the last two. Yes. And then she has a series and I think this is where the Lark book is actually. Oh, um, they're not the blue blood. No, it's like the blue blood conspiracy. <gasps> um, and then there were like three in there, uh, and it's like I would like spinoff. I would like to make a formal request that these come out on Audible for those of us who read audiobooks and don't read on our tablet. Don't want to read otherwise. Yes. No, I was very excited, but then I saw that they weren't on Audible. Um, I own the ebook copies of them, so I will, I will get there eventually. Um, and I think that there is a Lark book in there. And if that's true, I'll be very, very happy. Lark is a character that starts off um, at the beginning in Kiss of Steel. She is like fourteen, and by the yes. end of the end of the series, she's like seventeen or eighteen. 
And she is a very prominent character, but she's not a main character, would you say, Shannon? Yeah, I would say she plays a role. Like, we get to kind of see her grow up, at least in the first three that I've read. You know, I've seen her There's more mature. Yeah. Um, and I imagine that that continues yes. until we're ready to kind of see her blossom, like, you know, into her own kind of romantic individual um, but I have always really liked her. I've been intrigued by her story and by her relationships with kind of the other people who make their homes in the rookery. I love the people in the rookery. And then they have this yes. whole group of people and they're called the mechs because they have mechanical, yes. um, some mechanical limb. Uh, and um, so the blue bloods, if you become a mech, they make you work like in these, um, I think they're called, not a foundry. What's it called? It's called, um, you have to stay here and you have to work off the cost of your mechanical limb. Um, and so it's like a, like a factory type environment and they have to, they're like building more mechanical like limbs and they do all this other stuff. But the mechs are not treated very well. And that's a big part of um, subsequent books in the series you get to learn more about the mechs and then there are the humans who feel like they're treated really badly because they're kind of in between the blue bloods and then all the people in the rookery and they feel very powerless and then the prince in this book is terrible he's the prince regent who's married to a yes, human he's queen very very terrible he gets even more crazy as the books go on but he has like these iron horses that are like huge and they'll mow down crowds of people so like if the prince is ever displeased he like lets out these iron horses that are like completely deadly and they just, they, they just crush everything in their path. So I feel like Beck McMaster, she writes really beautiful like romance stories in my opinion. And they kind of, I mean, they're like very sexy books, but I feel like Shannon, do you agree? They kind of, they, they build a little slowly. It's not like they meet and they're in love on the first page. There's right. a lot there is that... definitely no like insta love. Sometimes you can kind of tell that like these people have been attracted to each other for a yes. long time. Like if they have been in each other's presence for a long time, like even mm -hmm. before the book opens, mm -hmm. but you don't see the romance just like come into being, you know, the first page of the book. And I appreciate that because insta love is not something I like all the time. No, sometimes maybe, but I, it has to be a really good plot for me to be okay with that. If but it can be explained, like, why it mm -hmm. happens, I can do better with it. But I do appreciate when an author can really show the relationship building and you can really feel that, like, these are people who belong together. Well, and I feel like Beck McMaster, not only does she build really good romance plots, I feel like she puts a lot of detail into all of the crazy inventions, like the iron horses. And then they have these like mechanical men that are called metal jackets that also yes. like keep order. And, you know, they're very scary. And then they, she has like, you know, the whole, like the backstory of the blue bloods and how they came into power and how, like, it's just a very, I feel like the world building and the description of the, well, it's stupid to say the world building and the description of the world, but I, I feel like it's almost like two different things. It kind of is because she leaves in enough detail so that you feel like it's immersive. You're not just like reading something on paper. Yes. You really feel like you're there, like uh -oh. in the book. 
another series that I have started to read but haven't finished, and not because I like I just like it, just because I have a lot of things to read. But I have started to read the series by Karina Cooper. Ooh, I've never heard of it. And I think the first book is called Tarnished, although I'm going to look it up really quickly. Um, And it's a series of books where London is divided into two sort of factions. And above the fog is sort of where the like upper classes live but below the fog is where there's a lot of kind of paranormal creatures um and the two sides of london like never never meet never the two shall meet it's true so it's this really interesting blend of like things that we're used to um you know, like class, you know, we read a lot in like historical romances about, you know, you don't marry like above or below your station, right? Like that's a thing that we, we just know. But here it's, I think, taken to a whole new level because like it can be very dangerous for you to like, if you are of the upper class and go below the fog, like you might not ever come back. So when you say below the fog, are you going to explain this? Like, do they live in like very elevated houses or what? No. So picture London is divided by this um, like almost tangible veil of fog. Oh. And one side of the fog they refer to as above. And then the other side they refer to as below. So it's not below, like above and below, like up higher. It's like above and below the equator. Yes, sort of. Yes, the fog is sort of like the equator of London. Um, And so it can be like very dangerous. You don't know, you know, what what lives below the fog. But our main character is an aristocrat who really wants to be a scientist. And she wants to understand about the paranormal people in her world. Um, She doesn't believe that there should be this level of like segregation. So she lives like two lives. Um, the first life being in the one that we know her in the best where she's this aristocrat and she's trying to make a good marriage. And she lives with this sort of elderly, like cousin, um, distant cousin of her, of her father's. And he's sort of her, she's sort of her chaperone. She's supposed to keep her out of trouble. But of course, like this just can't happen. She's the companion um, with the parasol, like the stout yes. parasol. And oh my gosh, I can't, are these in the, like young adult or are these not? No, this is not. <gasps> Shannon, you have to email me this author's name. Yes, this is, it's, um, so she lives, you know, as this kind of aristocrat and she's very proper, but at night she sneaks out and she goes below the fog. Oh my gosh. And she becomes this like very well-known kind of intellectual person below the fog. And she learns a lot of things about her world and about like what made this big divide, like what caused it. And that it was the aristocrats. (laughs) (laughs) It might've been. (laughs) 
And I have only read the first book so far, um, and it is called Tarnished. And the series is the St. Croix Chronicles. And there are like five or six of these now. Um, And then, of course, some novellas as well. And I'm not a big novella reader. Me either. Um, But I read Tarnished and really enjoyed it. I have Gilded, which is the second book. Um, sitting here on my iPad and I do plan to pick up the rest if I enjoy Gilded as much as I did Tarnished. Um, She's not like a hugely well-known author and so I'm kind of glad to be able to talk about her here and like give her a little bit of uh, buzz hopefully. What's her name again? Karina Cooper. Karina Cooper. Yes but they're so so good. I think some of the the best like steampunk comes from some authors that perhaps are not super well known yes um, in like the romance world so i know that there is some controversy about Kristen callahan's darkest london series you didn't see me i just kind of did like a little leap like because <gasps> i love <laughs> that series and i feel yes. like she wrote this whole post on facebook once about how she loves steampunk but they weren't really steampunk but a lot of the elements in it are kind of steampunk like they have like these right. characters called gims which are ghosts within the machines and they have like clockwork hearts and like it's there's a lot of clockwork things in darkest london did you read the whole series I have not read the whole series. Oh, my God. I did. So good. I'm so dramatic when I like something. (laughs) It's okay. There's nothing wrong with a bit of drama. (laughs) So it's interesting to me that, you know, there's this sort of, like, she says that they're not steampunk. And I don't know, like, what her reasons are for saying that. And yet they have this, like, steampunk feel. And so I kind of wonder, like, what what does she say they are? Um, Awesome. (laughs) well she probably doesn't say that but I say that they are oh my gosh I've read the whole series through twice and I a series has to be really good for me to pick it up and read it for a second time and it was to me even better the second time through and the cool thing about it was that all the books had been released by that point so I was able to have to wait no and so I remembered because I read them all within like a week or two I think my kids forgot who I was while I was reading them because I was like, oh, okay, I'll, I'll be right back. And then I'd put my earbuds in and like sneak off like I was doing laundry, but really I was reading Darkest London. <laughs> I have to admit that Firelight like, was not my favorite. And after I read it, I wasn't sure if I would continue. Like, it was Which one's fine. that? The first one. Oh, I love that because it was kind of like Phantom of the Opera, Beauty and the Beast-ish. It's true. It was. And I liked that element of it. But I wasn't, I think, like really sold on the world. I was like, okay, you know, this is fine. Um, oh, you, know, you just have I, to I keep like reading. It. And then I read Moon Glow. And I think that's the one that really hooked me in. Daisy. Um, and what's yes, his name? I is it Ranolf? Ranold? Ranolf? What's his name? It is a, I cannot remember his name. Um, but <sighs> Daisy, like, I liked her when I saw her in the first book. I thought, yeah. oh, this is a much more interesting heroine. Like, I could, like, I would really like a Daisy book. And then when I read Moonglow and saw that it was indeed a Daisy book, I was really happy about that. 
and that one did like really sell me. And I knew that even if I couldn't read the series, you know, in its entirety right away, that I would return to it. And so the third one is Winter Blaze. Here. Winter yes. Blaze. Okay. So here's the interesting thing about the third one. So you think it's going to be, if you're anything like me, it's about two characters who are already married. Oh. So. Um, just in case people aren't familiar with Darkest London, the first three books are about three sisters. There are, I believe, seven, seven that's what I was going to say, books. But the first three are about these sisters. And they're featured throughout the whole series. But um, the third one, um, the sister is married. And when you see her husband in the first two books, he is... Um, he works for Scotland Yard. Yes. And he seems to be, honestly, quite buttoned up and boring. And you're kind of like, if you're me, <sighs> I do not want to read a whole book about him. Like, I bet he has soft hands. Like, he's boring. Like, I don't even know. And then I started reading this book. And I literally could not stop. I was so obsessed with him. He was one of those people that, like, first impressions are totally not at all what you should he's very very interesting i and had this sort of hope that like she would leave him and she would have like a new person no in the third book. i know <laughs> i kind of did too i like waited for him to like die or which that almost yeah happens, like, but i don't want to give it away but he's like so stodgy like you just picture him like oh mother how's your oatmeal let's do something <laughs> let's go for a walk on sunday in the park like he's very like I don't know. And then you get to the book and you're like, what? How did I ever think that he was boring? And he's so cool. And that book, oh my gosh, the plot of it, it just just keeps getting better and better and better. And just the way Kristen Callahan weaves everything together as you read more and more of the books, it's... I don't know if Darkest London is steampunk, but um, even if it's not, you should, like, run out right now and buy them all or go on Audible and buy them all or go on Kindle. You know, use your Kindle and whatever. I don't care. Wherever how you, you get your books. And then yeah, you need to We don't to have binge. a lot of preference for, like, how you get them as long as you get them. Yes. Because they, they seem very, very cool. And I'm really excited to get back to that. But I do wonder if they're not steampunk, what they are they? Because there's like, a, I don't know what you would classify them as. I mean, I guess paranormal romance because there's a different couple in every book. But to I me, there's a lot suppose. of clockwork, ga gizmo gadget things, in my so opinion. Speaking of clockwork, there is a book called The Clockwork Dagger. And it is by Beth Cato. I've seen it. I've never read it. I have never read it either, but it's one of these things that I keep saying, like, oh, I see this. I really want to read it. Um, and it looks like it is the first in a series. Um, is that the glorious, keep, victorious something or other? The space cowboys you know, glorious? Because when I heard glorious, victorious, like, I was like, oh, God, I don't know <laughs> And read about the glorious victorious. Yeah, no, that I want to see the glorious victorious either. That's kind of a. But they look so good. They do. Um, 
and I've seen the first one mentioned on quite a few, like, you know, 25 essential reads or, you know, for, I've seen it get a lot of buzz. Um, and so the first one is Clockwork Dagger, and it is the first book in the series of the same name. And there's also the Clockwork Crown. Oh, yeah. I've seen um, and it seems like some novellas as well, which I'm not, again, a big fan of. But these two books, um, Dagger and Crown, I've been on, like, you know, been on my TBR for quite a while. Um, Does she write The Curious Case of the Clockwork Canary? You know, <laughs> I, think I she... don't know. Someone <laughs> wrote that. Um, <laughs> it's just a name I've never forgotten. Because it was so strange. Yeah, I... I don't know who wrote that, but I like this particular, um, the synopsis of this, because it talks about a woman who is a healer and she journeys like to all these different like lands to not only like heal people, but to learn some of their like healing secrets. And she, you know, used to be an orphan and she grew up in this school where she was taught to be a healer. And she's a very strong heroine from what I can tell, but she's not one of those people, at least I hope not, the synopsis doesn't like, lead me to believe that she is one of those people who's just like, oh, you know, I'm so brilliant. I don't need to learn any of your like inferior you know, tricks. She seems to be very open-minded um, from reviews that I've read. I would like her. Yes. And so I'm really anxious to give that one a try, especially. So... Hey. There is this other book, and I, for a while, was getting it kind of confused with The Clockwork Dagger because I haven't read either of them, but it's Beauty and the Clockwork Beast, and I haven't read it. I've read it. And what would your assessment be? So it's called Beauty and the Clockwork Beast, Steampunk Proper Romances, book one by Nancy Campbell Allen, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, okay. I did not, I did not feel afterwards, like I could not live, like my last breath of air was leaving my body because the book was finished, but okay. I, I enjoyed it. Like I gave it a solid, I'm somebody who gets really enthusiastic and I give a lot of my books five stars. Um, but this book I gave fours and it wasn't because I didn't, okay. it wasn't bad. It was good. Like I would recommend it. Um, the second book, um, that just came out this year is called kiss of the spindle and it's on my, it's on my, um, wish list, and I haven't read it yet, but, um, I, I plan on reading it. It's just, it's not to me like Mel Jean Brooke or Beck McMaster or, um, like Kristen Callahan, if we decide she's steampunk or if she decides she is like where I just can't get enough of them, but it was also one that like I, follow and, and kind of like pay attention to the author because I did like Beauty and the Clockwork Beast because it was a Beauty and the Beast type story. Well, well yes. And that's, that's a thing for both you and Stacy. So. Yes. He was a werewolf type person in the first book okay. and they were trying to figure out. So he thinks that he killed someone very dear to him. Oh dear. Um, but as you read the book, and I don't think this is giving it away, you, and you kind of know from the beginning because he's not like that. He's kind of kind, but, you know, of course, very gruff and beastly. Yes. 
Um, and you just kind of know that there's just something not right about this whole scenario. So, so proper romances are usually like romances that don't have sex in them. Is that what this is? Yes, there was kissing and they alluded to the consummation of their love, but we okay. did not, <laughs> we did not um, necessarily get to see that. Um, okay. So there's not like sex on the page. No, it's more like okay. they kind of, he'll put his hand like on her shoulder and draw her in. And then she fades away into an explosion of stars. And then like, <laughs> it comes back to the story, but um, I don't always like, like proper books like that. Not that they have to be really raunchy for me, but I, um, I did enjoy it. And she did do well with the steampunk aspect of the book. Um, again, not like my other beloveds that we've talked about, but it was very good. And I, I will read the second one. Um, but I'm not like obsessed with it. Well, maybe I think it will she... go kind of further down my, my TBR. Um, and I think basically she's writing like steampunk versions of fairy tales in like changing them a little bit. But I mean, cause the first one's beauty and the clockwork beast. Second one's called kiss of the spindle. So I'm guessing it's like sleeping beauty, sleeping beauty. I mean, I guess it could kind and of then, be rumpled stilts, rumpled stilt skin maybe, but I suppose, but so the third book, um, what did you say it was called? The lady in the copperweight tower, copperweight so tower. Yes, so maybe Ooh. like Rapunzel? Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. The, the second book would have to be pretty darn good for me to pick up the third one. Because if a Beauty and the Beast story doesn't, like, make my heart pound, I mean, that's, like, my favorite, as you know. Yes. Um, yeah, I think these are going to have to kind of, like, go a little bit further down my list of things. They're, they intrigue me, so I will, like, check out the first one at some point. But I don't think it's, like, on my top list they're, of things. They're well written. Uh-huh. Beauty and the Clockwork Beast was very well written. I don't think, it's nothing, the author did a good job. Just for some reason, I didn't get, like, sucked in. And I didn't give it a bad rating either. Like I said, I gave it four stars, because you have to work really hard to make me not give you a good rating. But, um, I, will I don't know. Try it. Yeah, let me know what you think. So, so oh, I think we're going to ask the same question at the same time. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so before we wrap up, I want to talk for a minute about Kate Locke Love and her. her Immortal Empire series. Love yes. that series. I yes, also read that series it. twice. And I know I say every time, well, I don't read many, many series <laughs> More than once. And I really don't, but it seems like the ones I adore, I really, I read twice. And it was just as good the second time. The whole thing. Yes. Yes. I read them like pretty close together. And usually I take a few breaks. Like I'll read one book and then I'll read like a couple of other things and I'll go back to the second book. I don't usually read series books one right after the other. Uh So I read these three though, very close together. So I'm not sure if we would call these steampunk because like the Victorian era has lasted forever in this book. Like it's like 20, I forget what year it is, but it's like somewhere like in the future. But like they're tele, they're phones and stuff. Like they're, they're like old fashioned weird. It's almost, it could, uh, part of me thinks like it could almost be steampunk. um, But yet it's not, but yet it could be, it's like very interesting. And like they have music, 
that you can listen to, but it's on like these weird, like, aren't they on like metal discs like, or something? Yeah. There's a lot of technology like that you wouldn't find even in say like the darkest London books. No. Or, but Queen Victoria is a vampire in this yes. particular book. And so technically if she's a vampire and still the queen, then the Victorian era like is never ended. In. Right. So I guess like in that way it's steampunk and our heroine is oh, so good. Zandra. Zandra. And Zandra is what they call a halfie. And so she's like a it's hard to really say what she is without we can't giving... really s- she doesn't really know what she is in the beginning, I don't think. Does she? No, she knows she's she a happy. Doesn't. So we can't give it away without giving away like all these amazing things that you learn. That but you she, learn. It's a very paranormal world, and I feel like Kate Locke does. That's how you say her name. Yeah, Kate Locke. Yeah, she does such a good job building this world and the characters. I mean, I really could read this series for a third time. It's like, what is it? God save the queen. God um, save the queen. The queen is queen dead. Is dead and long live, live the queen. Yeah. And I love just kind of like the nods to historical figures like that Winston Churchill was also a vampire. Um, like that, that made me laugh a lot. Um, it's like, oh, look at this. What I found very interesting was Bedlam was not, Bedlam in this book, in the books was very different. I mean, the, 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 the premise the idea of Bedlam is if people are not doing well, they go to Bedlam, but yes, it, but it wasn't the same as no. like, we know, like the insane asylum, like hospital, like it didn't have that feel to it. Like if you read old books, like, um, like Elizabeth Hoyt, for example, or Catherine Sutcliffe, I mean, there's so many books, so many authors that talk about Bedlam. There's like, filthy people chained in cells with like straw on the floor and bedlam in these books. It's not like that. It's, it's not a place initially when they talk about it, that you would want to go because that means that like, you're not doing well. Right. There's something going on with you that Mm -hmm. they don't like and you shouldn't like. And yet bedlam turns out to be like, not like not that way at all. Like there's a lot of secrets that you learn about what Bedlam really is. I feel like in this, this, this trilogy or this series, what I love about it is, and I know a lot of um, authors do this, but I feel like Kate Locke did this so well. So at the beginning of the first book, things and, and in, in Zandra's mind as well, things are absolutely not what they seem. And right. she does not realize that they are not what they seem. Like she is totally living with this preconceived conception or idea of what the world is like. And there are certain um, creatures that she finds repellent and repulsive. I can't give away because it gives away too much of the books. Um, And then you learn from reading the books that these creatures are, that they're smart and they're, she writes a lot of really cool paranormal creatures, I feel like. And she, and she really takes the time to build the world of these creatures and of these people. And so I don't know if it's steampunk, but I don't know what you'd classify it as. Yeah, I don't All know I... what you'd call it. Like <laughs> it had a very steampunk feel when I read it. And yet, like I've never really seen it classified. It's just kind of there. Um, 
I could totally so, read the whole series for the third time. So, so good. I keep wishing that she would write something else. And yet I haven't seen even like rumors that she is working on anything else. So oh, that's really unfortunate. Her books it is because they're so good. And I don't reread very much either, but I do sometimes think about like, Oh, I should go back and revisit Zandra. Um, I also have to say that I liked the way she dealt with sisterhood. Like it's, complicated the way it is like in real life and it yes I you know it's not that, that kind of like sickeningly sweet portrayal of sisterhood that you see in like you know some movies or Vomit. even some books right but she allows the complexities to develop and she doesn't you know try to make everything like squeaky clean and nice um people are allowed to feel things even if they're not always the quote unquote like proper things right oh my god janet i'm forgetting who she ends up with oh my god and he's so cool i can't tell you i know you can't i know <laughs> because our listeners may not have read yes and if they haven't it, it might not make them happy if i say well actually i may have to read these books for a third time her world building is so good. I feel like it's very complex and it's, it's not a series that you can totally absorb with one reading. And maybe I'm I trying to make myself that. sound smarter than, you know, I mean, but really it, it, there's a lot to them. Yes. I read it through once and I, I think I could totally do with um, another like journey into this world. But I think that about does it for us. We have hopefully kind of piqued your interest in some steampunk, talked about things that we're not really sure whether they are or aren't steampunk, <laughs> but, but we love them. And hopefully you will as well. I want to say thank you to Sarah for recording this with me tonight and putting up with all of the uh, tech <laughs> issues that we've had in the recording of this episode. Thank goes, thanks goes out to Christine for her fantastic editing. And of course, thank you to all of you who have been listening to the podcast and hopefully enjoying listening to it as much as we enjoy making it. If you would like to say anything to us to let us know how we're doing, please feel free to leave a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts or whichever platform you use to access the show. It will help other people find us and also just let us know if there are things that you would like to hear more of or less of. Um, we, we like this kind of information. Um, and then this is totally not part of your end of the podcast spiel, but if we have missed steampunk authors that people oh, love, yes, I'm looking for new authors and would love recommendations. Yes. So please either you can um, leave them for us on Facebook. You can, you know, send a comment. You can send a message through Facebook Messenger. You can also send an email to the book bistro podcast at gmail.com. And we would love to hear any recommendations you might have. All right. I hope everyone has a fantastic week. And we'll be back next week with more bookish fabulousness. In fact, the next show that you will hear the following Friday will be our most anticipated reads of 2019 part one. All right, everybody take care. And of course, happy reading. Bye everyone.